Hi, I'm Kara. Welcome to the Today I Am Enough podcast, where together we learn how to embrace imperfection and the messes that life leaves behind and overcome our shortcomings. Together, we will begin to not only see, but to feel who we truly are and who God created us to be. Let's talk. Welcome to today's episode. I'm so glad you are here. It's going to be great. So today is going to be a little different because there is actually no women who are mentioned in today's study, but I still wanted to talk about Enoch because his story is so great. And there's a specific part that I love and I think is completely applicable to all of us. So let's start off. We're in Moses chapter six today and Moses chapter six, the first verse says, and Adam hearkened unto the voice of God and called upon his sons to repent. I love when the scriptures say hearken. I love it. I always circle. I always mark that word because I think it's actually a really, really important word to notice because it means something is coming or has come in this case, Adam the voice of the God told Adam to call upon his sons to repent. So he did that. He heeded the word of the Lord. And I just, I just think hearken is a beautiful word. And it's so important to be attentive to that word. So this, this uh, chapter starts off with Adam hearkening to the words of the Lord. Then it goes through and it tells us about Seth and how Adam and Eve had Seth. He was righteous. And in verse three, it says that God revealed himself unto Seth and he rebelled not, but offered an acceptable sacrifice like his brother Abel. So we learn right off the bat, Seth is a follower of Jesus Christ, a follower of God and has heeded the counsel and the teachings of his father. So then in verse five, we learn about the book of remembrance, and this is mentioned several times in this chapter, and it was kept and recorded in the language of Adam, for it was given unto many as called upon God to write by the spirit of inspiration. Those that wrote in it were called by God, and they wrote the words of the spirit of inspiration. So scripture essentially, right? They're making a record so that we can have that record. And I also love a couple verses down verse seven. And now the same priesthood, which was in the beginning shall be in the end of the world also. So the priesthood that Adam and Seth held is the same priesthood that we have today, which I think is so incredible. I, I just love that concept because it's not lost. Those things are not lost. They, they can still, we get to still have them. And it even says in the scriptures that we will, and we do, we learn starting in verse 14, it kind of goes through um, the genealogy and Genesis is mostly just genealogy. There's only a handful of verses that aren't. And that's why Moses six is so important because we get to know so much more about Adam's posterity. So we have Adam that had Seth and then Seth had Enos. And then it talks about in the times of Enos, there were, there were lots of people. It says men were numerous upon all the face of the land. And in those days, Satan had great dominion among men. And it talks about secret works, right? Secret combinations were upon the land. Enos has Canaan 
And then Kanan has, oh, you guys, these, <laughs> these names are a little hard. Mahalalil. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And then he has Jared. And then Jared has Enoch. So we have Seth, Enos, Kanan, Mahalil, Jared, and then Enoch. So we're six, six people away from um, Adam to Enoch. I love in verse 21, it says, Jared taught Enoch all the ways of God. And this is the genealogy of the sons of Adam, who was the son of God with whom God himself conversed. This is a, this is a genealogy line of people where at least it ended with them following the ways of God and teaching the ways of God. Okay. So let's jump into Enoch's story. This is where it gets good. You guys, I mean, that was good too, but (laughs) Enoch in verse 26 of Moses six, it says, and it came to pass that Enoch journeyed in the land among the people. And as he journeyed, the spirit of God descended out of heaven and was with him. So he was just on a journey. He was on a journey in a land among people. It's no more specific than that. And the spirit came and he heard a voice from heaven. And it said, Enoch, you need to go teach these people and you need to teach them that they need to repent. Like, I'm really, I'm angry with them and their hearts are hard and their ears are not listening and you need to go and help these people. And he lists all these things. This is my favorite part of this whole chapter, verse 31. And Enoch heard the words and he bowed himself to the earth before the Lord. And he spoke to the Lord and he said, why have I found favor with you? Uh, I'm young. I'm a lad, he says, and everyone hates me. So, and I also like, I'm not good at speaking. I'm slow to speech. So why am I your servant? That doesn't even make sense to me. Right. And I, this is what I think every one of us can relate to when the Lord calls on us. I think often this is our response. Like, why would you pick me? I am not good at that. I am too young or too old or not this or not that. And why, why do you think I can do that? And I think oftentimes that's why the Lord chooses us. And the Lord says to Enoch, go and do as I command and you, no one will pierce you and open your mouth and it will be filled. And the people, um, this people choose you this day to serve the Lord. So he's just saying, make an effort, go, go and do it because I will help you. And in verse 34, it says, thy spirit, uh, behold, my spirit is upon you. So in the end, I love this too. He says, therefore walk with me. So the intent wasn't for Enoch to do this alone, to go and teach these people where he's young. Everyone hates him. He's slow to speech. He feels like everything's against him, but the Lord says, the spirit will be with you. I will fill your mouth. Walk with me. That takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of faith. And I want you to try and think of your experience like Enix. What have you been asked to do in your life that you're like, there is no way I'm going to be able to do that. There are so many health problems that we have to walk through and so many disappointments and hard things. Like there's just so many different hard things. And when we are willing to walk through them with the spirit, 
filling our mind and our hearts and allowing God to walk beside us. I think there's no way that we can fail because it's something he's asked us to do after he's told him to walk with, he says, walk with me. Then he asks Enoch to anoint his eyes with clay and wash them. And thou shalt see. And so he did that. And then it says, he beheld the spirit of God, the spirits that God had created. And he beheld also the things which were not visible to the natural eye. And this year, and then the people were saying that a seer had the Lord raised up to his people. Okay. I don't remember this part of Enoch's story. I don't know that I've really studied Enoch's story, but I love this. And immediately it made me think of Christ helping the blind man. And that is actually referred to in the footnote when it talks about clay. Clay has a footnote. The footnote points us to John 9, 6. Let's turn verse five. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said, he unto them, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is to be interpreted sent. And he went his way thereof and washed and came seeing. And then verse 15 says, and then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. And he said unto them, he put clay upon mine eyes and I was washed and do see. I love that we have two examples of the same type of miracle where this man in John was able to see physically and Enoch was able to see spiritually by doing the same thing, which is kind of like a random thing to ask someone to do is to put clay on your eyes and then wash and come back seeing. But I love that Enoch did it. And I love that he saw things that were not visible with the natural eye by obeying the Lord. So how often are we asked to do something that might seem weird or it just doesn't add up? It doesn't make sense. But when we do do it, we receive miracles that didn't even relate necessarily to what we had been asked to do. In Moses verse uh, 46. So Enoch goes and he's talking to the people and he's kind of telling him like, my father taught me the ways of God and I had a vision and the Lord gave me commandments and the same God of heaven. He is my God and your God and you're my brother. And so he's starting to teach him and explain who he is. And he says, the death had not come upon our fathers. Nevertheless, we know them and cannot deny. And even the first of all, we know even Adam. Okay. So he's saying like, we all know, we all know Adam. So then he teaches about the book of remembrance and that it's been written among the people, according to the pattern given by the finger of God. And it's given in their own language, which is, it's so important, especially at the very beginning, right? Where everyone can understand this. So he came and he spoke from the uh, book of remembrance. He's going to teach some basic principles of the gospel that are really important. He's going to teach him about repentance, baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and receiving the Holy ghost. Um, so he's been teaching that in verses 50 through 52. 
he's teaching about the book of remembrance and about repentance and baptism. And in verse 53, he's reading from these and it says, our father Adam spake unto the Lord. And he said, why is it that men must repent and be baptized in water? And the Lord said unto Adam, behold, I have forgiven thee thy transgression in the garden of Eden. Hence came this saying abroad among the people that the son of God hath atoned for original guilt, wherein the sins of parents cannot be answered upon the heads of the children as they are whole from the foundation of the world. I love that this question comes from Adam. It doesn't seem like we get a lot of input into the learning of Adam and Eve, whether in the garden or after like specific, but I love that right here, our father, Adam spake unto the Lord and said, and we know that he was still taught that they could still hear the voice of the Lord. They just weren't in his presence. And we know they were taught by angels. I love that he, he's asking questions like, why, why do we need to repent and be baptized? The Lord, you know, he's like, you've been forgiven. And so you need that opportunity to be forgiven. But he also says, he also talks about Jesus Christ and how Jesus Christ atoned for the guilt and he atoned for the sins. And because of that, baptism is so important so that we can be, so we can be clean that way, but then so we can continue being clean as we keep going throughout our lives. The next thing he's going to talk about is he needs to tell he's telling him like every children everywhere must repent and you can't enter the kingdom of God unless you're clean. No unclean thing can enter. Then he's going to going to go into the baptism and that you must be born again of the kingdom of heaven, water and spirit cleansed by water to keep the commandment. And so then he's also going to tell them that they, they there's a comforter that they can receive and it can bring peace in immortal glory, truth of all things, it quickeneth, maketh alive all things, knoweth all things, and its power according to wisdom, mercy, truth, justice, and judgment. I love that just all-encompassing definition of the Holy Ghost and all that it can do for us. And he says, this is the plan of salvation through the blood of mine only begotten who shall come into the meridian of time. I love this. This is the plan of salvation unto all men through the blood of mine only begotten. A lot of times when we think of the plan of salvation, we just think of the pre-earth life and this life, and then all the little circles. But in verse 62, we are taught that the plan of salvation is Jesus. It always has been when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they were told that they would have someone that would atone. And that has always been the plan. Jesus was the plan in the pre-mortal life. And because of him, the rest of those circles and squares and lines, they only line up because of Christ. And he was always the plan. He always was. And he says, all things are created and made to bear record of me. So everything is made to bear record of Christ. So then he goes again in verse 65, and they need to be baptized by the spirit of God descended upon him and quickeneth in the inner man. And then when you're baptized by fire with the Holy ghost, and that needs to be recorded. And then he says, thou art after the order of him who was without the beginning of days and end of years. So the footnote for the order is the priesthood. So we're learning that there's going to be a priesthood that there is. And verse 68, I think is my very favorite, the very last verse. And he says, behold, 
thou art one in me, a son of God, and thus may all become my son. Amen. This footnote for sons in 68. We're going to read actually. It's in Mosiah 27. Sorry, I'm just using my paper scriptures to take. Um, okay, so Mosiah 27. We're going to read two verses. It, 24 through 26, so I guess three. For said he, I have repented of my sins and have been redeemed of the Lord. Behold, I am born of the Spirit. And the Lord said unto me, Marvel not that all mankind, yea, men and women, all nation, kindreds, tongues, people, must be born again, yea, born of God, changed from their carnal and fallen state to the state of righteousness, being redeemed of God, becoming his sons and daughters, and thus they become new creatures. And unless they do this, they can in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. Love this. That helps us understand the scripture better. And thus they may all become my sons. So first of all, we learn in the scripture that it's not just sons, of course. Daughters are included. So we learn they may become. You must be born again and be changed from their carnal and fallen state and be redeemed. And thus they become new creatures. So when we're redeemed of God, we become his sons and daughters and we become new creatures. I love the word become because it's, it's ongoing. It's not something that has to happen right this minute. It's, it's a change of condition. That's actually like one of the um, Hebrew definitions, a change of condition. So when we follow the things Enoch talks about and we become, we are baptized and make covenants and receive the Holy ghost and learn about the priesthood and the priesthood power and we seek him we can become and that's what this life is all about it's about becoming i mean even enoch that's what happened right he was on a journey in the land amongst the people and the lord said i need you to teach and he was like no i'm too young everyone hates me i don't know how to speak well and the lord helped him become the Lord helped him to be able to do it and to be a stronger person, to become someone that they could trust and not hate, right? To try and become a disciple of Jesus Christ. So we're not supposed to be perfect. <laughs> we're supposed to change and we're supposed to become. Heavenly Father doesn't want us to stay where we are. And that's why he asks us to do hard things and he asks us to change but he's not asking us to be perfect like him right this minute. He's asking us to become his sons and daughters. He's asking us to strive to come out of this uh, fallen state and become um, his sons and daughters and become new creatures. So to become better, this happens line upon line and it happens over time. And when you're becoming, you have to be patient with yourself because it's not always going to be this happy little frolicking experience. It's going to be difficult and you need to learn to love yourself through the becoming. And even because of the becoming, you can learn to love yourself. He needs you. Even if you feel like you don't measure up to the standards that you feel like God should have for you. You are exactly the way God needs you to be right now. And he needs you to continue to grow and become. He needs you just like he needed Enoch. 
Enoch didn't feel like he fit the task that he was asked to do. But God knew Enoch and he knew his potential to become. And he knows you and he knows your potential to become. He sees what you can become and he will help you get there. We just have to trust his process of getting us there. And sometimes it's going to be hard and sometimes it's going to be scary and sometimes it's not going to make any sense. But when we trust in the Lord and strive to become more like him and to become closer to him, that becoming will ultimately help us to understand our individual worth as children of God and help us to trust and love him even more each time. And in doing so, we'll become more like Christ a little bit each day. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you're willing to help me out and you love today's episode, please share it with a friend. Leaving a review is actually extremely helpful as well and allows other people to find the podcast. So if you are enjoying listening, please leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, today you are enough.